Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Launching kids into the world is no joke, whether you're sending your kid to kindergarten or off to college. Some days we wonder if we're doing anything right. One thing is for sure, we all want to do it well. Hi, I'm Jamie, mom of four. And I'm Lisa, mom of three. We're here to help and encourage you in your parenting journey. Never perfect, always honest, and in the trenches with you. We're experienced, but not experts. You ready? Let's Let's launch. launch. Lisa, of all the conversations that we've had about launching kids, um, this conversation about what is a successful mom is probably the one that keeps me up the most at night. Mm. I think that a lot of the conversations we have in this season about, you know, faith or worrying about our kids or anxiety or all the things, sexuality, everything, for me, a lot of those outcomes of my kids make me feel as if I'm either successful or not successful as a mom. Yeah. And, you know, even when we were recording the show and thinking through it, I've had the feelings and the fear of what if my kids just like go off the deep end? And what if my kids end up, uh, you know, at 25? I hate you. I don't want to be around you. Dear God, I hope not. I'll just start crying right now. Yeah. But I think would anything I've ever said matter? Mm. if what my kids turned out to didn't look quote unquote successful to the world or to me even. And um, I think that's something that a lot of moms struggle with of, am I a successful mom? Yeah. And I think one of the things we have to talk about is what is a successful mom? Mm. Because, you know, a lot of people will tell you, Here's what a successful woman is. You're a Proverbs 31 woman, or here's what a successful wife looks like, or here's what a good mom looks like. And most of those to me aren't that helpful because we have this different kids in our home and different sliding scales. Right. And so when I think about success, I think, man, who is setting the standard? Yes. Like who gets to say, where is the building of the, of the, the group that is saying, here's what a successful mom looks like. Yeah. And I think sometimes we set our own standards. Yes. I think we feel standards set from our parents. Right. I think we set standards from our community where we live. Yep. Um, from our churches. Yes. And so we have to kind of get through those. Yes. We get through them and figure out, okay, how am I successful? And for me in my life and my parenting, the, the kind of motto that I want to live by is, I am successful at fill in the blank, mothering, wifing, Mm -hmm, podcasting, mm -hmm. friendship, when I'm faithful to do what God asked me to do. Mm, That's good. And so that changes with each kid. It changes with life stage. Um, I remember when my kids were really little and I told you my kids, I felt like they were like just wild. (laughs) I mean, we're (laughs) talking like four kids in four years. That's a lot. It's a lot. All under six. Yeah. And my mom and me had driven from Austin, Texas to Tucson, Arizona yeah. to visit my grandmother. It's a long drive. 
very long four kids yes that are that young and i remember that trip because what i felt like that whole trip was anxious Mm. i felt anxious the entire time because i wanted my grandmother to think i was a good mom wow and i wanted my grandmother to think i was successful yeah at mothering and in my brain my kids were ruining it all for me yeah like like, guys this is not working out well for me because the way you're acting i'm not going to get that award from my grandma an invisible award that i had made up she had never told me yeah anything this was all made up in my head but it makes me think like what has that been like for you you know (laughs) with feeling like are you a successful mom? So you basically needed your kids to be props is what you're telling me. I needed them me. to be perfect props. <laughs> perfect props. That didn't talk. Right. Didn't need anything. If only. Didn't have any emotions. Yeah. If only that were going to happen. Yeah. This is an interesting conversation for me, Jamie, because I think for me, well, one, I, I don't, I don't understand words like success in a way because they're, to me, they're nebulous. The marker is always changing. I don't. I don't like other people's definitions. I mean, you know my personality. It's like, I don't like labels. I don't Uh like other people's definitions. I don't understand what success means because it's just so different for different people, different things. Like for me, honestly, success in my life has been not quitting because I'm a person that wants to run. So like for me, for me, having success as a mom has been... (laughs) I, I guess even being able to do it yeah. in a way uh-huh. like I know that sounds silly, but in a way now, let me let me just also say this. Yeah. I've had those moments is exactly what you're talking about, where I've held my breath to hope that my kid was going to behave in a certain way, because right. this is what this is really about is behavior, yeah. uh-huh. right? Behave in a certain way so that I look good, so that people think that I am good, right. that I've done this right. Yeah. Because all and and really, if we think about this thing, success, it's tied into our own insecurities half the time. It's like all about our insecurities. Today, millions around the world are suffering as a result of violence, oppression and extreme poverty. Sometimes this endless cycle of suffering can feel overwhelming. If you're like me, you want to play a part in bringing an end to suffering. And at the same time, I think we all want our children to have a deeper understanding of the needs in the world and guide them towards becoming generous and compassionate adults. But sometimes it's hard to know exactly where to start and who to trust. That's why I'm super excited to tell you about The Path from our friends at World Relief. The Path is a community of bold, compassionate people of faith who are committed to fighting against suffering and injustice in pursuit of lasting change with their monthly gifts to World Relief. Whether it's a crisis in Ukraine, an earthquake in Haiti, or a wave of refugees from Afghanistan, you can trust that the Path community is already there, responding with the love of Jesus alongside you and your family and your children. Empowered by the monthly support from the PATH community, World Relief is making a difference around the world, and you can be a part of it. You guys, I personally love the work that World Relief is doing with the PATH community. I trust them, and I believe in them, and I want to give you the opportunity to join as well. You can join the PATH community of monthly givers by visiting worldrelief.org slash launch. That's worldrelief.org slash launch, L-A-U-N-C-H. Launch your kids into life by leading them to love like Jesus. Join the path at worldrelief.org slash launch today.
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25. I always go back to the first time I remember yeah. that there's a thread here in, this, sure. in the show that we're doing, obviously, because you can hear me say the first time I remember, because that for me, I, I tap back into that. When was the first time that I remember thinking, oh, I'm a failure? Because uh, if you look at that, yeah. I'm a failure as a mom. We're talking about the opposite, maybe mm-hmm. of success, quote unquote. <laughs> this is a funny story, but I remember my uh, one of my sons, who will remain unnamed, yep. uh, was in preschool. We each have one daughter, which makes it very terrible. When <laughs> it we're does. Like, Our yeah. daughter. Yeah, we can't. We, <laughs> one of them. We can't hide around that exactly. one. Exactly. Yeah, but one of, one of my boys was in preschool, and <laughs> the preschool teacher called me and said that they needed to talk to me after class. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, that's, a, that's never good. And th- that he was actually... Now, remember, preschool, he's uh-huh. like, I don't know, three or four, four three, right? Yeah. Um, that he was peeing on the playground. <laughs> he was not going to the bathroom. Yeah. He was not actually, he was going to, he was just peeing on the playground, yeah. wherever, right mm-hmm. there. And I know she thought, like, what are we doing here? And, you know, I mean, who knows? He probably was peeing outside our house. I mean, this is, listen, if you have four-year-old boys, you get this, mm-hmm. right? I mean, our boys uh, ran around the house in their underwear. Yeah. They preferred to be naked all the time. Yeah. This is just the deal. So I do remember that moment where I thought, oh, she's going to think I'm a terrible mother. And that's the point here. For me, Jamie, this conversation about success, I don't struggle as much with what do other people think in general in my life. Mm -hmm. That also trickles into motherhood. But here's what does happen. And at the end of the day, this doesn't really matter whether it's you're worried about what other people think of you as a mother or you're worried about if your kids meet your standards, which is the thing that I struggle more with, I have this idea of success. I want my kids to meet my yeah. standards of success yep. in my made up own head right. or whatever. Right. Um, and that's where I've struggled more. And it doesn't really matter which one of those you are as a mother mm-hmm. or a parent, because the result is still the same. It's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure on everybody. On everybody. Because yeah. let's talk about this for a minute. The expectations, so let's say culture has put on us expectations, okay, you're a, you're a successful parent, 
If your child, and we got some blanks here, Mm -hmm. fill in the blank. If your child becomes a doctor, Mm -hmm. if your child gets married, if your child has children, I could even... If you're, can we, can we go yeah, further? Yeah. If your child starts on the football field. Yes. If your child makes competitive cheer. Yes. If your child is in the spelling bee. Well, if your child never goes to the principal's office. Yes. Even like when you were talking about competitive cheer, I thought it, 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 it goes even further than that because they've got to make competitive cheer, but then they've got to be the flyer on the competitive cheer. They got to make Matt, and I know that they from make Monica. You watched cheer, cheer yeah, on yeah, Netflix. Yeah. Let's just be real. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. The markers are always moving, and I, I, I'm just going to say this. You know, uh, my kids went to a great school. We loved the school, all the things, but I could find I found myself. Um, being kind of a person that I didn't recognize at a certain point in one of my child's um, academic career in, in, in high school, because it was so competitive and I just found myself feeling more competitive. Mm -hmm. Like I need my child to compete academically. Something that I never would have really cared about, but like you're in the spirit of it, you're in the mode of it. And then I was like, I'm not successful if my kid doesn't get all these awards. So what happens when your kid doesn't get awards? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- then who, are you less than or is your kid less than? I uh, First of all, I want to be Lisa, Lisa Whittle when I grow up and not care what people think about me. <laughs> uh, not <laughs> always. I, also, I care still. I know. But so we talk about this idea of yeah. success. And, and you have told me that your standards for your kids would be more internal that you have developed right. on your own. Yeah. And I would struggle more with like, are my kids doing what kids are supposed to do? And and who says that? The world, the church, the yeah. all the things. And so for me, I've had to really battle. What if my kid is not the typical eighth grader? Yeah. You know, what if my kid can't be at a public school like everyone else? Um, I mentioned my friend Amy here before whose daughter has special needs. What does success look like for her as a mom? Yeah. Because her daughter is probably never leaving her house, yeah. you know, and she isn't going on to college. And so I think... L- changing our six what the word success means and for me personally it's having to die to what people think about me as a mom Mm. because at the end of the day here's here's what i really want with everything that's in me is i want to do what god wants me to do yes i want to be faithful to him um and at the end of the day i want my kids to know that i love them yeah i want my kids to know that i love them i want my kids to know that i want best for them and i want to just live my life well with purpose and so the truth is have i made mistakes as a mom 100 percent. yeah i mean all the time oh yeah today every day day, all the time (laughs) yeah you're not again we are not experts here we are definitely not (laughs) just two moms trying to love our kids and love jesus yeah but also i think i want to take a little bit of pressure off myself Mm. that if my kids don't look like someone else's kids i've done something wrong yeah because what that does is i'll take the pressure on me okay but what and i'm speaking for me because i don't think this is how your story goes but for me then i develop anxiety yeah i spend a lot of time worrying i try to make my kids especially when they're little have behavior modification yeah i'm not concerned about your heart just don't act a fool in front of jennifer and her kids because jennifer's kids are amazing that's actually so true so that i would just be putting all this pressure on my kids all this pressure on me and then guess who's not fun yeah me guess who's not loving her kids well me guess who's only concerned with what everyone else thinks that my kids should be doing me and so 
I have spent years like that. And I'll just say, it sucks for everybody. Yeah. And so for me, I think my mothering has been a continual laying down Mm. of what I think the world or the church or people are saying my kids should look like. That is, that's really profound because you know what? It is like a lot of things in our mothering, in our parenting, it is dealing with our own insecurities Yeah, that we bring into our parenting. I mean, it's not like we become parents and all of a sudden, oh, wow, we're just equipped for this. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. We're just, um, we're just not, we're just like secure in what we're doing. No, actually, it exacerbates oh, everything yeah. that we're already dealing with. That's yeah. why it's so important for us to deal with our stuff, be healthy, and continue that even as we are parenting. Yeah. It's like we don't stop. We don't, you know, we don't all of a sudden become parents and we exchange our own mental health right. growth or our own spiritual growth or our own emotional growth or whatever. Yeah. We continue it on. And, and what you're talking about is is so true. And listen, by no means, because... I'm not as much of a struggler with with other people's opinions. Um, by no means does that not mean that this idea of wanting my kids to be successful hasn't touched our family. Yeah. It has. Yeah. I've put pressure on my kids. Yeah, I put pressure on myself. Um, I've wanted them to be a certain way. I've had to let go of a lot of that. I mean, you got to remember, I've been doing this a while. Yeah. Like, you know, if I tap back into when they were 10 years old, I was a different Lisa. Yeah. I'd be a heck of a mom now. That's like, what I, if I started I, over. And I are like, we're going to be the best grandparents right? that has ever lived. I mean, I think that is it's why. Maturity. Yeah. It's maturity. We've had experience with kids. We've been through the hard times. And yeah. all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, we have like some reps under our belt. Yes. Usually when you become a parent in like a typical fashion you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yes. This is just a lot of hard work. I remember a couple of years ago, my dad, um, he wouldn't mind me saying this. He, we were having this kind of heart to heart conversation on the back patio. And um, I made a lot of poor choices growing up that cost me some big consequences that some of them I still have today. Um, and my dad said, I feel like I failed you as a dad. Mm. I feel like that, you know, I could have been a better dad. And I was a mom at the time raising kids. And I think something happens when you become a parent is you see your parents in a new light. Yes. All of a sudden you're like a lot more grace, a lot more grace. And I remember looking at my dad saying, dad, you did the absolute best with what you knew. Wow. And I think so many times we forget that we can only do the best with what we have. Yeah. We can only do the best with what we know. And so my choices that I made as, you know, a teenager, my parents didn't drag me to the parties and tell me to get drunk. And right. do, that was me. Yeah. I was making those <laughs> yeah. choices. And so yeah. I think, although this is very nuanced and there's some things that we can do to help our kids make good choices. Right. But I think one of the things that we have to remember when we talk about success and whether we feel successful as parents when we're launching kids into whatever stage of life it is, is that we do our due diligence. We do the best with what we know how. We trust God. We have a community. We're doing everything that we have. Not so that our kids act a certain way. But because God's gifted that, us with that, we have the resources, we can do that. And then we have to remember that our kids are their own people mm. and they make their own choices, Yeah, which I think, you know, Lisa, neither one of you are in this stage of life right now. And this is a little bit further than this typical thing, but I think parents should think about it a little bit right now is 
there's also these ideas of some things that the church says people are successful if this happens. Yes. And I have a lot of friends right now who are choosing to not have children. Yeah. It's not a medical thing. They're choosing to not have kids. I have some friends who are choosing singleness. And um, I often wonder if that has been hard for their parents mm. and if their parents feel like we failed in some way because I would be a successful mom if I had five grandkids yeah, or if my, my child was married. And, and you and I aren't there, but I think it's what we have to think about as parents. Yes. As do I value that more than I value them as people? Hey, y'all, Jamie Ivy here. I had my first child graduate from high school last year. I know it's crazy, but it was so much fun. And it was actually so much fun helping him navigate college. I loved going on school visits with him. I loved talking to him about what he was interested in. I loved going and visiting my former university that I graduated from with him. And I will admit, at some points, as fun as it was, I started to feel a little overwhelmed. I want to tell you about something in case you are in this boat. Maybe you have a junior or you have a senior, which I have two juniors right now, so I will be doing this again quite soon. But if you have a student with college on the horizon, I want to tell you about a new website to check out findyourchristiancollege.com. Find Your Christian College was created by the North American Coalition for Christian Admissions Professionals as a helpful resource for your college search process. The organization collaborates with hundreds of Christian colleges and universities across North America to promote Christian higher education. When you visit the website, you can explore more than 225 Christian college options through the school search engine, filtering search results based on things like size, location, majors, athletics, and more. You can also find and register to attend one of over 125 in-person Christian college fairs across the U.S. These fairs take place each fall and spring, and if you can't travel, there are virtual college fairs too. Also available at findyourchristiancollege.com is a free must-have online resource called The Guide to Christian Colleges and Universities. Help your student to follow their path, further their education, and find their future. Find out more at findyourchristiancollege.com slash launch. That's findyourchristiancollege.com slash L-A-U-N-C-H. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25. 
Yes, and and what message are we sending to them? That's right. In that pro- you yeah. know, because a lot of that is our own preference. Like it's our it's our own desire. Yeah, not even saying like it's wrong to want grandkids, right? That's not wrong. I mean, no, right. but but let's give voice to it. I don't think it would be a bad idea, Jamie. I was just thinking this as as you were talking. I don't think it'd be a bad idea to even write down to help us process like what right now are my ideas of success for my kids? Like, what are those? Yeah. List those out. I know. I mean, listen, I, I've already said I'm a list maker. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a, I, I, I like to write things down so I can see them. But I think sometimes we don't even know. We right. don't even know what those are. We just impose. Mm-hmm. We just, you know, it's, it's about, you know, behavior modification. Yep. And I think it would be good to write those down. What are they? And maybe they need to be changed slightly. I can tell you that the older I get and the older my kids get and the older we get together in this relationship yeah. journey, my hopes, dreams, ideas of success have altered. Mm. Um significantly have you talked with your kids about that or is it just kind of like a maybe you've changed the the language you use or the thoughts that you have or i think it's more of uh, no i don't think we've necessarily talked about it i think it's more of been the thoughts in my own brain yeah like here's what i really want i don't even know if i've called it success yeah i think what i've thought it to myself is you know what would be great is if my kids want to keep talking to me. Mm-hmm. I, that might seem really simple, yeah. but that's successful. If your kids keep talking to yeah. you and they're and they like to be around you mm-hmm. when they're in their twenties, hey mom, you're successful. Yeah. Or like if your kids, you know, love Jesus honestly, uh, and that doesn't mean go to your church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't mean worship the, exactly the same yeah. way you do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, love Jesus, that's successful. You know, it's like, I think I've gotten really simple with it. I think we get, I think, I'll speak for myself. Initially, I was very complicated in my mothering and everything needed to be this way and everything needed to look like this. And it was Mm -hmm. all a lot of standard that Lisa had set. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure success was all in there and the threads were all there. Yeah. I think goal setting is amazing. I think goal setting is amazing. Mm-hmm. But I would say that that's there's a difference between that which is guidance. Yeah. Goal yeah. setting is guidance. Yeah. And these measurements of success that is pressure. Mm, it's so much pressure. And I think it's pressure on the child, it's pressure on the parents and to even have conversations like you were just saying here's what we want for your life we want you to love jesus you talked about this in another episode like what your mom said she wants you to love jesus above all yeah um and that measurement of success is such a good thing and i just want to also come in here and say like that is this great measurement like i want my kids to love jesus and everything else will work itself out i also want to talk to the parent too that's like my kid doesn't love jesus right and um i want you to show yourself grace Mm. as you're parenting that kid I want you to show yourself grace um, as you're walking through. Maybe you have a child who struggled with addiction or whatever it is. Like, show yourself grace. Continue to faithfully follow Jesus as you love your kid. And then know that, like, God has got them. You know, you said that in another episode, too. Like, these are God's kids. Like, he's got them. And he is going to take care of them, even if it looks different than what we think it might be. If we were to plan it all out. You know, as to be successful. And we don't know the rest of the story yet. We don't know the rest of the story. We do not know the rest of the story. So I think, you know, when we think through what does it look like to be a successful mom, 
I think you, everyone can come up with their own kind of ideas about this. For me personally, a successful mom would be, am I faithfully pointing my kids to Jesus in everything I do? And am I faithfully pursuing and loving them with however they need it? To me, that's success. Jonathan J.P. Pecluda is the lead pastor of Harris Creek Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. He was formerly the leader of The Porch in Dallas, Texas, which grew to be the largest weekly young adult gathering of its kind in the country. J.P. didn't come to understand the grace of the gospel until his early 20s after being involved in different denominational churches his entire life. This ignited a desire in him to inspire young adults to radically follow Jesus Christ and unleash them to change the world. We asked J.P. to speak to the topic of success because we actually want to know how he handles his own success how he measures success as a parent, and how he counsels young adults who are striving for success. I am so thankful he's been able to join us for this episode. Hey guys, my name is Jonathan Pecluda, and I'm a pastor at a church in Waco, and I get to follow up on some of the thoughts that Jamie and Lisa just shared with us. I apologize, I'm a little nasally today getting over a sinus infection, but we're talking about parenting, and I love what Jamie shared there toward the end of the goal being faithfulness because everybody is trying to figure out how are they doing and i can't speak for the moms but the illustration that i think of is like in golfing there's a par and you can always measure yourself anywhere as you're moving through the 18 holes of golf you know how you're doing because you can measure yourself against par and so par is like that's the That's like a perfect game, if you will. So you know if you're doing better than par or worse than par. And in parenting, there is no par. So any given day, it's like, am I I doing well? Are my kids going the right direction? How do I determine how well I'm doing? Do I check with other people? Is there some kind of scorecard somewhere? Is there some app, some input, some output? And so we touched on ways that you cannot determine obedience in parenting. And one of those is the first one I present to you and really expounding on what Jamie and Lisa shared is obedience is not determined by what someone else says it is. Like another person, like your mother-in-law. Well, when I was your age or my kids or your neighbor or your sibling or you know somebody else that, that looks into you and your relationship with your child and they measure your parenting against what they do and so i would just say like in science class and as we did in experiments in biology back in the day you had what was called constants and you had variables constants were the things that were consistent and variables were the things that would change in the experience in the experiment and with children and parenting there are constants and there are variables what are the variables the children, every kid is different. They have different aspirations, different personalities, different wirings, different dysfunctions, different uh, disabilities, all different um, you know, giftings and talents. And God made all of us different. And so as we're parenting the child, we really have to become a student of the child to learn to parent them. Nobody's going to be more of a student to our child than us. And so we cannot let someone else determine what obedience is for us in parenting. Not only do you have different kids, but those different kids are of different ages. And so it's like right when, and you guys know this, right when you get your arms around a toddler, 
then they move into a new season with new struggles, new celebrations, new victories, and new hardships. And then right when you kind of understand, okay, I know how to do this, then they they kind of graduate to this next life stage, and then all of a sudden they're teenagers, and it opens up a whole new chapter of struggles and then you're along the way you might introduce new children into the mix you might foster you might have adopted your child may have experienced trauma at an early age that you're trying to parent through and so for all of these reasons we can't let someone else determine what that obedience looks like for us that's that's really my first idea and then the second thing i would present to you is we cannot determine obedience by the outcome. Obedience for us in parenting cannot be determined by the outcome. And so in the American school system, we are taught logic and reasoning, which is to look at a situation, determine the perceived outcome, and then then determine the steps that we're going to take to get that outcome. And you can't really do this in Christianity because so much of what God instructs us to do is counterintuitive. And so even in general, in Christianity, obedience cannot be determined by the outcome. But in parenting specifically, I would tell you that we take way too much blame when our kids turn out wrong or bad and way too much credit when they turn out good. It's not your fault. And I don't know your specific situation. I don't want to overstate. So I'll say it's more than likely not your fault. I'll just tell you, the greatest parents that I know, I mean, they are the goals when it comes to parenting, they have four kids. Three of those kids are in the world, successful, following Jesus, elders at their churches, you know, involved in their churches, deacons at their churches. And one of them is completely outside the faith, has has um, said terrible things to them, has told them what an awful job they did. And, uh, and she's a prodigal, like she's, she's just gone right now, has no relationship with the family. All four of those kids were raised under the same roof in the same home, fed the same things and treated the same way or similar ways. And you just have different outcomes among them. And so again, we take too much credit when the kids turn out well and too much blame when they don't, it's an extraordinary grace. And so parenting is a lot of prayer and it really just brings us to this idea. So in summary, like someone else cannot determine what obedience is for you in parenting. Obedience cannot be determined by the outcome in parenting. And it really is what Jamie said. It's this idea of faithfulness. What does it look like to, for me to be faithful in different situations, in different seasons with different children? What is faithfulness for me? How do I determine that in the context of community, having a multitude of voices surrender to the Spirit, speaking into my situation at the same time with all of the same information, but also a lot of time spending with God, praying for specific kids and for wisdom and for the Holy Spirit to direct me. And I love what Deuteronomy 6 says. is just like as we walk along this path, we teach these things to our children when we sit at home, when we eat Uh, When we lay down for bedtime, we're teaching the things of God to our children. And so I would say obedience for parenting in all seasons is to disciple them constantly. You're looking for those teachable opportunities where you can teach them the things of God, disciple them constantly, discipline them consistently. And so the Proverbs tells us that we're showing the child the way that they should go. So as they grow old, they would not depart from it. 
And so we want to be consistent in our discipline, like a referee, uh, unemotional in a sense of not disciplining out of anger, but uh, the the predetermined discipline for the infraction or for the transgression, meaning when, when they d- are disobedient uh, or disrespectful, they receive discipline every time, no warning, like this is how this goes, and so we're disciplining consistently. And then I would say parenting requires discerning completely where we're constantly a student of our children trying to determine what's going on in their life, why they're sad, uh, what brings them joy, what do they enjoy doing, what's happening in their friend groups, and so just an awareness. And so you uh, disciple constantly, discipline consistently, and discern completely. I hope that's helpful. That's what faithfulness in parenting uh, looks like to me and what it means to to be a parent obedient to the calling of scripture i'm thankful for jamie and lisa and all that they shared and i hope that's helpful launch is a production of ivy media podcast executive producer is jamie ivy produced and edited by angie elkins art by noel rhodes original music by matt graham your co-hosts are myself jamie ivy and lisa whittle thank you for listening Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25.